You're listening to Echo the Podcast. Mix in the soul and energy of Stevie Wonder and the storytelling and humor of Randy Newman, and you get the unique signature sound of soul pop band Lawrence. Led by sibling duo Clyde and Gracie, the group has become known for its high-energy vocals, explosive melodies, and old-school sound. Their new single, Don't Lose Sight, is a powerful anthem about perseverance and determination. The single is the lead track off their upcoming third record co-produced by John Bellion and Jorgen Odegaard, and their first release on Bellion's Beautiful Mind Records. We chatted with Clyde and Gracie about the single, album, and more. Take a listen. Hi, Gracie. I'm so excited to have you on. You guys have been writing and performing since you were really young. Do you remember what first got you interested in music? I think that it was really like just our family. Um, Our dad is a really good musician and kind of flirted with professionally being a musician at one time and has just always been a passionate music fan. And so is our mom really loves music and is a professional dancer. So I think there was just always kind of music being both like played on instruments and played on speakers around the house. And they just really showed us a lot of really good music. And then I think that we just did naturally really gravitate towards it is like, you know, literally there's, pictures and videos of me and of Gracie just like glued to the TV watching performances of bands from the sixties. Or like when I was a kid, I'm told that the only thing that could get me to stop crying was like giving me a pair of chopsticks that I could pretend were drumsticks and I would start like drumming. So I think it was sort of a real mix of, of nature and nurture in the early, in the early. Do you remember who you listened to growing up and what elements now kind of show up in your music? I think for you, I mean, we both listened to so many, uh, basically the artists that our parents showed us, which were like the Beatles and Stevie Wonder that were like staples. That was like the core, like the Beatles and Motown was like yeah. the heart of it. And then I feel like you were really obsessed with the who as a kid, like as a very little kid. Yeah. And I was really obsessed with the Go-Go's and Aretha Franklin the Go-Go's was the first like all female band that I'd ever seen. So like, I didn't know that that was a thing. And I was really obsessed with Britney Spears's album. I think it was Oops, I Did It Again. So I think that's her second album when it came out. Cause I was like five and it, it came out and it was like the biggest thing ever. And I played it so much around the house that my, my dad was like, totally respect your taste, <laughs> but we got to get some other influences in here. Um, and so he got me the Go-Go's, like a, the best of the Go-Go's or something like that. And I remember he played you like Aretha Franklin and yeah, stuff. Yeah, Aretha Franklin, Joss Stone. And I became really obsessed with the sort of more like soul rock sound. Yeah, and I think for me, like, yeah, when I was a little kid, I was obsessed with like the British invasion rock bands, like not only the Beatles, but yeah, like the Who and Kinks and stuff like that. And yeah, I think that for me, I think that a lot of my influences still are very present in our music, but I think that one really clear thing that changed, because I think that Gracie and I continue to have influences that are consistent more so than a lot of people. Like we're not huge phase people. Yeah. I'm not at least like, I'm not like, Oh, this was my, this phase. But I think that a real before and after moment was kind of when I discovered D'Angelo 
I think that like D'Angelo is like one of the most influential artists of the last like 30 years. And I think he's had a massive impact on just about every artist that listens to his stuff. And I think like hearing what he's done with the sort of soul R&B genre and then kind of drawing influence from that, but also combining it with some of those 60s and 70s songwriters is a really massive like part of what we're doing. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I totally get that too, with the, that type of music. I mean, it's such a classic sound that it will always have that staying power. So it's not a phase. I get it. (laughs) And what do you appreciate most about that music? I think that I appreciate, um, the realness and the authenticity of a lot of the music that we grew up listening to it. Um, there's no, there's nothing to hide behind. Like there it's real vocals. It's real playing of your instruments. It's everything is so real. And, but beyond all of that, beyond like the musicianship, I think the artists that we gravitated towards were not just people who were good musicians, but who were really great songwriters. And that the song itself was sort of like pop music at its best because they're short songs with really uh, specific structure and they don't feel meandering yet they feel like really well told stories also I think like an artist that we haven't mentioned who's my personal favorite songwriter ever is Randy Newman but I think that his sort of honesty and ability to include like wit and comedy into what can be a very serious and melancholy song is like super, super inspiring in a way that I think a lot of artists don't really do. Like, I think he's a big influence. I can definitely see that, especially with, I feel like that music and also your music really tells a story and is all about storytelling. Um, Why is it important for you to make sure that your music tells a story? I think we just grew up on the premise of storytelling being the most important thing in all forms of art whether you're a dancer like my mom or a screenwriter like my dad there's there's nothing more important than being able to tell a story effectively so when we started you know when we had a band and we were trying to decide what the identity of that band was specifically we knew how important it was to convey our story and our stories plural in each song um through that music. And I think that the reason it's important is because it's a really effective way to get to know the artist. And I think when people are listening to our music, hopefully if we've done our job effectively, even if we're writing about things that have never happened to us, somehow the combination of the chords and the lyrics tell a story that allows the listener to get to know us better. And when you're writing, do you start off with like the chords or do you start off with the story or does it kind of change depending on the song? Yeah, it kind of changes depending on the song. Um, I'd say we'll rarely write a full like melody without having any lyrics attached and we'll rarely write a full lyric without having any melody attached but sometimes we do it usually just starts with one of us having a little idea whether it be a bit of melody or a bit of a lyric or a concept or a cool chord change or something 
And then it's just kind of about figuring out how to frame that thing. Oh, if I have this great little lyric idea, what melody would go best with that? And then what melody would lead into that the best and what melody would come out of it the best. And then whether you, whether that initial piece ends up being in the beginning of the song, in the middle of the song, at the end of the song, or getting cut from the song, you're kind of slowly excavating what the full song should be. And Clyde, you've been writing since uh, you're four and Gracie, you have done acting. Do you find that um, Clyde, you're composing Gracie, your acting has kind of informed the writing for Lawrence? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think the answer is definitely yes. I'll let Gracie speak to like how the acting does, although I, I can imagine some answers, but like for me, at least on the composing side of things, um, I think like whenever I'm working on something for a movie, it's I'm forced to do different sounds than maybe what I would normally do because I'm looking not for just like, oh, what do I feel like making? But what does the scene need or what is the emotion that that's going for or what kind of music does the director like the director of a movie or TV show or whatever it might be might say, Oh, I, I really into this kind of thing. And it would be something that I would normally never do. And so it therefore like kind of forces me to have a more diverse, like sound palette. And I think overall, I feel like as my film and TV composing careers develop, our music has definitely gotten a little more cinematic in terms of the kinds of soundscapes that are in the background, because I'll be like, Oh my God, we have this really cool string texture that I used in this thing. What if we put that in our song um, in a way that you would you know, normally not think of? So that's my side. I think acting has helped me as a songwriter because as an actor, you're sort of placed into people's projects and you see how they tell story and how they figure out a premise and how you as the actor have to kind of like, you have to be really good at story analysis and character analysis. And I think that those ideas are the same as in songwriting. You're, you're, you still have to figure out a way to have a strong premise and to tell a story and from whose perspective it's coming from. It's almost like, even though it's me singing, I'm thinking about who the character is that's singing the song and who's writing and whose idea that I, the song is coming from, what kind of person sings this song. Um, and from a performance standpoint, it's almost like the connection's a little more obvious, but um, I think there's so much choice there, like being a singer, you have so much choice in how you want to do every single line, how much you want to emphasize something, how much you want to make something subtle. And that's like directly related to acting is like how much you want to give and how much you want to leave um, for people to kind of infer. I also feel like you're very regularly thinking about the music video while we're recording the song. And I feel like it's the actor in you that's like thinking, oh, like, how am I going to portray this from an actual acting standpoint in the video? And I feel like that sometimes informs like the personality of of not only the production, not only the singing choices, but also the production. If you're like, oh, I think we should have this really quirky idea for the music video. It might lead us down a road of being like, let's make some really quirky production for this section or whatever it is. 
when you're creating your music videos, do you guys have a big hand in creating them or yeah, do you like direct them and come up with the concepts? Yeah, we've always come up with the concepts and then we've sort of worked with different people to help execute those visions um, with different directors. But even when someone else is directing, we're like heavily involved and usually the people coming up with the story. And um, yeah, so I think it's all because it's so an extension of the songs themselves and because we like to be in charge of how the story is told so broadly in all aspects of our career. I think it's like, you know, I, I remember we've had times where we've said to people like, okay, why doesn't someone else bring in an idea? And they've always been really good, but it's just like, it's just not the identity exactly of the band. So I think that's why it's always come from internal. The inter- internal. But we do rely on like people that we work with to really like do so many things we don't know how to do from help us hone our creative ideas to like, you know, knowing how to make something look and feel the way that we want it to. um, And just everything that goes into actually executing a video. Gracie and I are extremely involved in it, but it takes a really big team each time to really make it get from a to Z. Yeah, it takes a village. <laughs> I can imagine. And you're you have a brand new single out, Don't Lose Sight. Um, can you yeah. tell me a little bit about that song? It's so empowering and fun to listen to. Thank you. Yeah, I think I appreciate that. Yeah, the song is kind of like an anthem of uh of perseverance. Thank you. That's a good way to put it. Um, and I think it's this kind of uh it's voicing this struggle that we all kind of have internally of self-doubt versus pushing forward, which can be in so many different contexts, could be career-wise, could be emotionally, it could be in a relationship of some kind. And so in the verses, I'm playing, you know, the sort of character, so to speak, of doubt. I'm saying Uh, that I'm considering giving up and are you kidding me? And you know, this shit's never going to change. But then Gracie kind of comes in each chorus to empower the listener to be like, no, like I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm going to keep at it. And I think that what we like about songwriting in general is there's too many songs out there that are kind of very black and white with their emotional landscape. Um, There's so many songs that are like, oh my God, I'm so awesome. Or, oh my God, I'm so depressed. Um, Or like, this is the best day ever, the worst day ever. But at least for me, and I think for Gracie, like most days are really interesting, complicated, wonderful mix of both of those things. And that doesn't get represented enough in songs. So this song is like about that ping pong battle that you're sometimes having in your mind about whether to keep going or to give up and hopefully this song at the end of the day nudges you one direction closer to, to keeping going. Yeah. And I definitely think it has that like thought pattern, like you said, where you're asking all these questions. And then when you get to the chorus, you're like, no, like I just can't lose sight of like what's ahead of me and um, keep pushing forward. And then you go back to like that doubt and it just all yeah. makes sense how the song goes together. And can you tell me a little bit about what the writing process was like for the song? 
Um, we were in LA and I was waiting to hear back about an acting job that I had been hoping to get for like months. Like sometimes these processes go on for months. And I heard the day before this session that I didn't get the part. And those things are always a little heartbreaking, but for some reason, this one just hit harder. Maybe it was because I was in LA too. So it was like a little inescapable. Um, we usually are in New York. Too. We live in New York and there's a nice little bit of like distance from that world, but it's like in LA, everything's a billboard and you just can't look away. So I was feeling really down about that and kind of incapable of contributing to any writing that wasn't about that. So we had this writing session um, with Clyde, myself and this amazing producer, Jorgen um, Odegaard. And we, Clyde and Jorgen started playing these chords and um, kind of putting the groove together. And I was just like, can we please write about this? Because I don't think I can literally contribute if we don't write about something that is related to a, a recent failure and either optimism about it or something about it. I just don't know how I can contribute otherwise. So it kind of fun out from there and then everyone contributed and yeah and then we it. took the song from there back to new york and worked on it with uh several of the guys in the band as well as john bellion and we just kind of took it to the finish line added all the horns did all the lawrence lawrence stuff and a billion background vocals and that was kind of the song and gracie did writing the song kind of help you process that and be more like accepting of it? I don't, I don't know if I accepted anything more or less, but I think that the product, like having a product, having something tangible that you've created out of a bad feeling is I think how I feel every time we write a song That's a funny way to put it. because it's, it's less about like, like I think when you get really upset about something it just feels like you're stuck in an unproductive bubble. But the nice thing about songwriting is because it's, there's something sort of lazy about songwriting and that it feels like you're not really doing work, but it just kind of happens. So there's something so nice about the idea of like the thing I do to calm myself down or the thing you do to think through something ends up being this like extremely productive thing and I think that just feels so good. I don't know if it's like a band-aid or if it's actually working through right, it, but it just feels good. if you had gotten the part, good. we would have never written this song. Definitely. There you go. Yeah, and I think that's like a really, it's a silver lining. And mm. if you could set fans up in the perfect environment to listen to Don't Lose Sight, what do you imagine it looking like? I think that you would be like... Uh, Leaving your house for one of the first times after, let's say, a 14-month global pandemic, <laughs> just off the top of my head, and you would be walking down the street, and, no, I don't know. <laughs> this is a great walking down the street on a sunny day song. Yeah, starting your day. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good pump-up jam if you have a tough day ahead of you. I think it's a great end-of-the-day jam if you got through a tough day. Um, but it, it does feel very sunny and, and bright, which is nice as summer is finally arriving here in what feels like not just any summer, but like the summer of all summer. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those songs you could just pop on some headphones and like be that person that people are watching dancing down the street. Be like, they're having okay. fun. They're having a blast. That's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah. 
And I think the other perfect environment for people to hear this song is at a Lawrence concert, which I hope will happen. uh, Well, it will be happening soon. And we'll be announcing some tour dates very, very soon. Very exciting. And you're also working on your third album as well, right? Yes. This is the single. This is one of the singles off of that upcoming third album. Which is called Hotel TV. Very cool. And how, what can people expect from Hotel TV? Well, I think that all of our albums are kind of like a, hopefully what we maybe call like just a reasonable evolution from the, <laughs> from the one before it. Like, I don't think anyone's going to be like, what? But I, I think that it's going to sound a little different. A lot of the songs that will be on it or several of them at least are already out because we started working on this album a long time ago. And then um, obviously unexpected things happen in the world. And so uh, plenty of the songs that are on the album will be out, but there's plenty more that aren't. So I think that people can expect an album that similarly has a lot of really fun, happy songs, a lot of really introspective sort of melancholy songs, some really soulful, some really funky, some singer songwriter and uh, some pop. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's like, it's music that hopefully feels good and feels like it has a lot of heart and emotion to it. Like you can have fun and feel and, and experience music in a cool way without getting rid of the emotion from it, which I think is not something you hear a lot. Like I think it's sometimes like you can either be really cool or have, or have emotion and hopefully we, are somewhat cool but definitely have the ocean awesome and this is your first studio album since signing with um john bellion's record label right um beautiful mind records so and he's also co-producing the album what has it been like working with him and has he given you any advice that's really stuck with you so much yeah it's been really awesome working with john we always like to you know, this is our third album and on all three albums, we've kind of like always brought in someone um, to sort of be an extra like member of the family just to kind of shake up our normal routine and to give us new things to learn from. And so working with John has been fantastic in that way. Um, He's just given us a ton of not only great ideas and like, like, taught us a lot of literal like tricks and tools for our production and writing, but also just become such a great friend and given us such great advice about navigating life as an artist in the music industry. And it's just been such a fun and like rewarding relationship. I think John's also like for his own project, he has such a strong identity, but I would say that he's, such a good songwriter that he's a bit of a chameleon and like his contributions to our album never feel like, Oh, we're doing that John Bellion thing in our song. It's like, he's just another member of the team who's really absorbed the things that Clyde and I like and the things that the rest of our production team like and feel are valuable and important. And he's sort of taken on that mindset and helped towards that goal rather than an agenda of his own in any way. So that's really admirable. And I, I don't know a lot of people who are capable of, of doing that and fully understanding. Especially someone who's so successful as yeah. John and <laughs> has 
such credibility in the in the uh, space that like he's become so successful to have as little ego as he does while still being able to bring amazing ideas to the table yeah. is just really uh, awesome. That was like the first thing he said to us. He yeah. was like, I don't want this to be about me. Like this is, I just want to help. Add 10%. Yeah. Add the 10% sprinkles on the thing. And ultimately like his just being around us has added so much, but um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. That's awesome. That's so cool to hear. And you also recently celebrated the five year anniversary of breakfast, which was your first album. Is there anything that you learned during the making of that album or since then that now is being applied to this new project? A lot of crap. A lot of crap. A lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think the same way that we had John involved in this album, we did have um, an amazing producer, Eric Krasno, who was kind of our extra family member for the first album, Breakfast. And I mean, the lessons he taught us, especially when we were starting out and had done essentially nothing so far were so immense and we owed the world to crowds. So I, I can't even off the top of my head, think of like one that would sum it up, but there are just so many amazing things that crowds taught us during the making of breakfast, both about not only making an album, but going on tour and how to kind of build an identity as an yeah. artist that were awesome. I have two crowds things that come to mind. One is that he is he always says that he doesn't wear shorts on stage (laughs) (laughs) the guys in the band there's something very ununiform about people wearing shorts like for some reason if you wear the same shorts even they just like don't look like (laughs) so interesting um and so that's a funny one and obviously all these rules can be broken by other artists this one happened to really stick for us. And then another one was his term of jazz hands. Like when things, when things felt like they were too cheesy or, or too like, I don't know, over the too showy. Well, our band is a very delicate mix. I feel like our sound is a delicate mix of like this sort of like understated soul vibe at times, but then we do like to get a little dramatic. Yeah. And sometimes Kraz would just like look at us when we were working on something on breakfast and just be like, <laughs> yeah, he would like, yeah, flash the jazz hands and we'd be like, okay, we've gone over the word. So we still use that term, I totally. think. Yeah. I love it. And from either of those collaborators or even somebody else that you might have heard it from, is there one quote that you've heard or that you go by that you want to echo out to the world? Wow. I always say that. This I I just believe so firmly in the quote of like nobody knows anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that I don't know who came up with that, but certainly I think like it was Bill Goldman. Really? Well, that makes sense because I was going to say I feel like our dad says that in, and that's not to diminish the knowledge you can get from other people because I think we have genuinely learned so much from so many different people, but I think when you're starting out the amount that it is daunting to make anything is can feel really insurmountable. Like there's all these bits of knowledge that you should have that you don't. And I think as long as you believe in what you're doing, that's the best thing you could possibly do. Other than that, there's a lot of rules that people set for themselves. There's a lot of, and we've now developed those rules for ourselves. But I think if we had 
if we were to tell another artist, you shouldn't do this, 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 and this, that might not be applicable to their specific project, their specific vision. Yeah, there's no one, there's no one right thing. So in that sense, nobody knows anything in terms of no one knows what you're about. Yeah. Or you can even say, don't your site. Whoa. <laughs> there you go. That's a pretty good one. To, that's yeah, a pretty good one. That's one of yeah. those signs that they should make and hang up in a house. Like live, laugh, love, don't lose sight. <laughs> That's yes. pretty good. Maybe, uh, that's a merch idea. Right. There yeah. you go. Well, thank you guys so much for chatting with me. Um, before I let you go, how can people stay connected with you? You can stay connected with us by listening to our music anywhere that you listen to music, Spotify, Apple Music, etc. Um, also, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, what Facebook, your social media preference, all of it is at Lawrence the Band. And you can get very personally connected to us by coming to your show and we announce all those tour dates on all those social media things and at our website, lawrencetheband.com. Um and we'll be doing so much as much touring as we could possibly do. So wherever you live, if you're listening, we will hopefully be there and be doing a <laughs> VIP meet and greet and playing a bunch of songs and we can't wait to get back up. Awesome. Make sure you guys listen to Don't Lose Sight and thank you guys again so much. It's been a blast talking to you. You can follow along with Echo on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.